Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and of course, hello to all of you out there, my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to have you joining us back here in the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast Edition, your draft on the go. My name, as always, is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this space, and of course, joining me as well is my co-host, Reliable, there for you behind the bar. His name is Borok. My bear friend, how do you feel now that you've sold your soul to Immersturm and Keith? I mean, personally, I think you undersold yourself by just getting a 10% discount at the Cald Mart, but hey, more power to you. You know what? Maybe I should learn a lesson or two from you. Regrets? None of them? Good on you. But, you know, if you have no idea, my listeners, what I'm talking about, check out our previous episode. Welcome to Cald Mart. It's our call time retrospective episode set in a one-stop shop for all of your drafting needs. In any case, just listen to the episode. You'll get the context. But we're not here to go back to Caldmart, thank goodness. No, we're here to draft at the end of your week. And before we dip into our call time draft, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com or wherever you download. Your audio goodness, keep your midday blues away with Believe. And the show, of course is here because of all of you, my listeners. Thanks for tuning in. So feel free to find me on socials, on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. On Instagram, find me, Corey Damone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some amount of joy and you want to help us out here, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Draft and Draft. Put that directly into the URL. Look at the show notes for a link. And of course, a big thank you to all of my current patrons. I couldn't do this show without you. Well, friends, that's enough of the housekeeping and upkeeping. Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet. Let's get to our draft here for the week. We're going to take a chill. We know what call time's about. Five-color madness, blue-red giants, and, well, there are a lot of other decks out there. Our last week's deck, a kind of Grixis aggro deck, actually performed pretty well. We went five and three, netted some bonuses on our gems, and kept on... kept on. I don't think that's really a phrase or a word, but you know what? We're going to keep on keeping on here. So let's go ahead and dip into some call time, see if we can maybe discover some other off-the-wall zany strategy and put together a deck. But before we do that, let's have a celebration of you. Grab a snack, grab a drink, maybe crack a pack, whatever it might be. Let's go ahead and put a bow on the end of this week. Friends, this is the untap step. Ah, cheers to all of you out there and have a happy weekend as our draft is firing up here. Speaking of that Grixis aggro deck, I just want to point out, particularly with that deck, two cards that really stood out to me. Grim Draugr, the 3-2 for 2 and a black, you pay 1 and a snow to give it plus 1 plus 0 and menace, was really nice. Giving it menace forces your opponent in some pretty awkward positions and if you can get an early 2-for-1 trade, turned out to be pretty good. Also, the black-red sack land, where you pay 4 mana, tap it, sack it, deal 3 damage to your opponent, and then they discard a card. That got me over the hump a number of times. Just that little extra bit of direct damage turned out to be really quite sweet. I even now think that maybe I could have upped my count on that to 2, but I just wanted to not have that many slow lands, so... I just decided to go with an untapped swamp instead. I don't regret it, but I will say that extra effect on the lands, pretty nice. And I think maybe some of those sack lands are a good value release valve for certain aggro strategies. Like, look at Great Hall of Starnheim, the black-white one that you sack a creature and then you get to make a 4-4 flying vigilant angel creature token. That's really, really great. I know the five-color deck can play all those as well, but there is a cap from what I have found in the multicolored decks that you can't just run all of those effect lands that you table around. You need to still be able to play colors in your source, which is one of the reasons why I've been shying away with full-on five-color and 
trying to say focus on two or three colors to really central in on and even in those five color decks and maybe three or four color decks i'm really trying to shy away from snow i just feel like it's more of a tax on your overall deck's resources so i just kind of pass on it in any case here we go it's pick one pack one yes i talked all that time it's called vamping folks because quite frankly the draft kind of uncued and recued up. It was awkward. Anyway, pick one, pack one. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot to speak of here. There is the World Tree, which is our rare. There's Valkyrie Sword, the white equipment that makes the angel token. It costs seven in total, though, to do it all. There's Hailstorm Valkyrie, the 2-2 two, two fire for three and a black. Flying Trample, and then you pay Snow Snow to give plus two, plus two, and... Well, it's got Trample already, so it's a 4-4 four, four flyer. Pretty good. Uh, in the common slot, the best ones are, like, Augury Raven and Mast Vandal. For now, I think I'm just going to go with an Augury Raven. You know, it's a nice little foretell filler. It's a flying creature. Unless I want to take the World Tree. The World Tree is pretty good with the fixing. You know what? Maybe we'll try to go with some color stuff. Let's let's see if we can draft the best deck in the format with the World Tree. Why not? There's a chance. Whoa, well, pick two, pack one. We kind of get rewarded. Uh, it's a relatively strong pack at the common level. Ice Tunnel, nice uh, Island Swamp Duel. Sculptor of Winter plus Struggle of Skemfar are pretty nice notable cards alongside an Axe Guard Braggart and a Feed the Serpent, but the card we're going to take is a Binding the Old Gods, the Black Green Saga. That destroys something, then you get a Forest, and then Creatures You Control get Death Touch. There's also an Arnie Slays the Troll in this pack, but we're just not going to pass on this Binding the Old Gods. And there is a Master Scald in this pack. There is a lot of appeal for tabling that card potentially. So I'm going to note this card and maybe try to keep myself open for a White Splash. Because if you can bring back a Binding of the Old God off of Master Scald, you're really doing it, friends. So let's see how it goes. Going into pick three, pack one. To keep myself open, there is the Arctic Tree Line here. That's the White-Green Snow Duel. Pretty good. Besides that, there is a Basalt Ravager, the 4-2, that deals X damage to any target where X is the greatest number of creatures you control that have a creature type in common. The card's amazing, really good. Cards on our color, there is a Priest of the Haunted Edge, and what I've said previously, I still stick by, which is you want your Snowlands before you go into your Snow Payoffs, and as I said before, I'm not that interested in dipping into those Snow payoffs right now unless I'm like centered in Sultai it just kind of feels like you're stretching what your deck is trying to do so for now I'll take an Arctic Tree line the only other card is a Jarl of the Forsaken the 3-2 foretell one in a black flash ETBs you destroy a creature planeswalker that an opponent controls that was dealt damage this turn I have destroyed a number of planeswalkers with this effect before so don't sleep on Jarl of the Forsaken but Arctic Tree line in our pile going into Pick four, pack one. Snow-covered forest is still present. So that's something to note. In this pack, though, there is just a bunch of blue cards. There's a Mistwalker, Augury Raven, Raven Forum, which has kind of been pretty average for me. Uh, the two uncommons and rare have been taken out of this pack already, leaving just a Weathered Runestone. I kind of want to take the snow-covered forest at the moment. I've really been, you know, kind of saying be against these snow lands but for now i mean if i'm starting on two snow lands right now plus a world tree we could be leaning into that multicolor stuff i don't know borok the Mistwalker being here pretty late does kind of feel like a bit of a signal to me i think i'm gonna go though with the snow covered forest i just kind of want to stay on the green track right now and see if i can start cutting it a little bit more to the person on my left and maybe see if something else can come around for us in the world of green well speaking of the world of green there is an old growth troll here this is green 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 trample 4-4 when it dies it becomes a land aura and then you can sacrifice the land that is enchanted with the aura to make a 4-4 green troll warrior creature token with trample man that card is a mouthful there's so many cards that are mouthful in this format there's a snow covered swamp there is a way down and there is also a bound in gold but I'm pretty down for this 4-4, and right now we are just basically mono-green. Maybe we're splashing black since we have that Binding of the Old Gods. I really want to play that card, though. Pick six, 
pack one. The rare still in the pack, which is Skemfar Avenger. We played this in our draft deck last week, the three, one for one to black. Whenever a non-token elf or berserker you control dies, you draw a card and lose one life. There's also a Sculptor of Winter, the 2-2 elf rogue on top of Snowland. And there is a gold vein pick. I have not talked enough about this card on this podcast. This is the equipment. Two colorless, equip one. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one, and when it deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token. This card does just so much work. I am a big fan of it in pretty much any deck in the format. It doesn't have to be an aggressive deck. This card just puts in a lot, a lot of work. For this moment, I think I would rather just kind of take the Sculptor of Winter, let's get a little bit of Mana Ramp, and let's continue to develop that. And hey, another Sculptor of Winter is here. So now, if I take the second one, I really want to spotlight finding, say, a Glittering Frost and go into big Mana stuff. The rare still in the pack being the Rally of the Ranks. This is the anthem effect for a creature type that you choose when it enters the battlefield but for now i'm pretty good for the second sculptor of winter and you know what the more sculptor of winters we have the better the old growth troll is <laughs> yeah borak i'm willing to kind of dig deep right now for this old growth troll maybe it really can do some good work for us and i'd be happy for that this pack eight there's not too much there's two white cards but i really don't want to go into white necessarily i would like to make this binding of the old gods work well there is a snakeskin veil which has impressed me as a card instant one green put a counter on target creature you control gain tax for till in a turn when you blank your opponent's removal spell it's really nice besides that in this pack there's a raider's carve which is a strictly okay card so Anyway, let's go to our table pack. In this table pack, we see a Masked Vandal. One of the cards that we mentioned before, still in this pack. The 1-3 Changeling, that when it ETBs, you exile a creature card from your graveyard to exile an artifact or enchantment. Does a lot of work. Grim Draugr and Death Knell Berserker, the 2-2, that when it dies, if its power is 3 or greater, you make a 2-2 Berserker zombie creature token. When it leaves, fine, but I'd rather just take a Masked Vandal. I mean, we're just so strictly green right now with just a little bit of splash for a binding of the old gods i'm down for that and whoa okay so axgard braggard and carfell Kennelmaster are still in this pack this is the 4-4 when it etbs there's two target creatures get plus one plus one indestructible until in a turn for four and a black but for now i kind of just want to take this axgard braggard i think it might be a little bit better than the carfell Kennelmaster, but you know i actually don't have any white cards so i think for now i am going to go with that Kennelmaster. Maybe we can go a little bit leaning into that black-green plan. Well, there's the other Axgard Braggard here alongside an Iron Verdict. Well, Iron Verdict is cute. I think I'm just going to go with the Axgard Braggard. Maybe we're going to move away from this black but still splash the Binding of the Old Gods. Seems fine. So at the end of pack one here in Garbage Time, man, we are getting some giant oxen here. Maybe we can end up getting a giant a colossal plow or something i did see one or two going around in this pack but nope it's not going to be here in garbage time so you know going into pack number two a little bit of fixing would be nice glittering frost some big end game would be nice maybe a reason to go into either black or white i could be down for and we found a reason to be in black friends burning rune demon oh boy this is a bomb. Four black, black, flying, six, six. When it ETBs, you search your library for exactly two cards, not named Burning Rune Demon, that have different names. Your opponent puts one into hand and the other into graveyard. Um, yeah, so we have a Burning Rune Demon and an old growth troll. I think I can be down for this plan. So let's just scoop up a six, six flying demon. There is a ravenous lindworm still in this pack. Well, not still in this pack, but here in... Uh, pick one to pack two. Uh, there is an Ice Hide Troll. I would not be completely uninterested in tabling with our double Sculptor of Winter. Also, I do want to get a few more Snowlands if possible, but let's see how it goes as we go into pick two, pack two. Wow, there is a Shimmer Drift Veil here. This is the Snowland. ETBs, you choose a color, you get one mana of the chosen color. Wow, I like it. But there's also Path to the World Tree. This is the Darling Enchantment. This is the Barrel Tomatum. This is the card that we drafted before. I do like this card quite a bit, and it works perfectly perfectly with the world tree that we already have i think i just want to scoop up this path to the world tree at the moment and mondo combo the world tree plus path to the world tree i don't know yeah that's really tricky between that and the shimmer drift veil but the path really gives us enough value there's a herald king of skemfar i'd be interested in tabling out of this pack maybe we can i don't know there's also the glittering frost there's 
There's plenty of cards to table out of this pack. Let's hope we find one of them. Pick three, pack two. Ooh. We got a tricky one, folks. There is the rare still in the pack being the Elvish Warmaster, the 2-2 for one green. When one or more elves enter the battlefield under your control, you make a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token. Only once per turn, and then you pay seven to give elves control plus two plus two and death touch until end of turn. We've got double sculpts of winter plus a mass vandal to help that out, but I just don't think it's better than Saruf's packmates. There was this crazy graph that I saw on Twitter from 17 Lands where if you foretell Saruf's packmate on turn two, your odds of winning the game are like exponential. So we're going to take the Saru's Backmate over an Elvish Warmaster. I do like Elvish Warmaster, don't get me wrong. It's just so specific in what it does. And I'm pretty happy just going black-green value at the moment and just really taking advantage of a Saru's Backmate. Pick four, pack two. Snow-Covered Swamp looks nice alongside an Ice High Troll or a Guardian Gladewalker. Would love to table either of those cards. But what we're going to end up taking here is a Herald King of Skemfar. One black green, menace three two, and ETBs. You look for an elf warrior or Tyvar, the planeswalker, from the top five cards of your library, put in your hand. Just a nice little value sink there. And we're really getting our black green on here. Wow. Kinda like how this deck is starting to develop here, Borok. You know, I actually don't typically like this card, but maybe this is the deck for it. Return upon the tide. Four and a black, foretell for three and a black. You return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. If it is an elf, you make two 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens. Yeah, why not? I mean, we have at least three good reasons to bring it back already. Cerus Packmate, Herald, Oath Gro Old Growth Troll, even a Carfell Kelmaster and the Burning Rune Demon. Yeah, let's see how this return upon the tide works. And I... I'm definitely happy to have a little bit more top end here in this deck, and if we don't end up playing this Axe Guard Braggart, I will not be too overly sad. Pick six, pack two. Uh, one of my original loves of the format, Blood Sky Berserker, is here. This is the one one for one to black. When you cast your second spell each turn, you put two counters on Blood Sky Berserker, and it gains Menace or Menace. Shout out to the friends out there on the Command Zone podcast. Man, I do love me some Commander. I've been building so many commander decks recently with call time Toski I built got re-inspired to build Athreos after opening a few cards but you know what? we'll just take the Blood Sky Berserker and just keep on keeping on I guess there's not much else in that pack really to speak of pick 7 pack 2 wow another another stinker for us here a lot of red and white and blue cards but there is a not Vold Recluse the 4-2 reach for 2 and a green I've actually been a little bit impressed by the spider creature it seems to deal with a number of flying threats that you really just gotta make sure you have answers to. If this ends up in the deck, I actually wouldn't be sad. I would be pretty okay with it. Pick eight, well, this is starting to get a bit defining, but I think I wanna take the Master Scald here. The four four, exile creature, you get to return an artifact or enchantment. We've already got the Binding the Old Gods. We don't really have much else in the realm of enchantments and or uh, you know, artifacts, but we do have a Path to the World Tree. If we do get to live that World Tree plus Path to the World Tree life, that Master Skull is going to look pretty good, and whoa! Borak, who knew that the Dune energy was upon us? We tabled the Ravenous Lindworm. I mean, we're already in the universe of wanting to go big mana. Yeah, I actually want to find one of those Glittering Frosts now, and Sure enough, there we go. One-two punch, Glittering Frost. We found that in the table here. Pick 10 and pack two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got a plan brewing. And hey, a Priest of the Haunted Edge. I will kind of happily play that. We've got a Glittering Frost. We've got two Snowlands right now. It's not inconceivable that we can find a few more here still in the draft. But we're going to go to garbage time as we move into pack three. Ooh, table to Guardian Gladewalker. Not too bad with the Heralds. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, and another Master Scald. Well, you know, I will happily find another Saga or two, but I would like to just stay on this path of being green-black with maybe splashing a little bit of white. And if we can end up with maybe another Glittering Frost or maybe a little bit of Snow Duels to supplement our double Sculptor of Winter, I'd be pretty happy with that. So 
Maybe we can find a little bit more going in splashing, and I definitely want to find some more removal. Our top end's looking pretty good. I want some more removal. Pick one, pack three. The rare is the Icebreaker Kraken. Hey, friends, if you want to have a good use of, say, an hour and a half of your time, go look up Louis Scott Vargas's video of him drafting Icebreaker Kraken. That is a fun little watch. But what we're going to snap up here is the Snowfield Sinkhole. This is the Plain Swamp Snowland. We're already planning to do a little bit of a white splash. This is the snow duel that does it. Helps really fortify our double Sculptor of Winter. Happy to pick up this nice on-color black-white snow duel. And while we have a little bit of time here before our next pick queues up, curious to my listeners out there, has anyone been watching WandaVision on Disney Plus? Anyone out there a fan of the MCU? I am just so happy with that series. Coming from a Disney background, working on Disney Cruise Lines for years, I was always a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, and WandaVision has really not disappointed whatsoever. Go and check it out. Even if that means getting a little trial, like wait till next week, use your free trial, and binge it all. Please do. It is awesome. Also, Catherine Hahn is a queen. Just saying. Catherine Hahn is a queen. Let's go to pick two, pack three. This is a very easy pick. Poison the Cup. The Terror of the Format. I said I want a little bit of removal and some nice fortification on our Snowlands. That goes 1-2 here in the top of our pack 3. Very happy to scoop it up. There's also a Fearja Judge of Valor that we kind of have to pass up on. Yeah, I'm a little sad about it, but you know what? It's going to happen. I just really think that Poison the Cup is just too good. Pick 3, pack 3. There's another Lindworm here. And there's also a Jarl of the Forsaken. Ah, this is tricky here. There's the rare of Magda still in the deck, the red, Dwarf Berserker, don't want to play it, and Savala. Oh, I hate passing a Savala, but like I said before, I don't want to go too crazy with the colors. I want to stay focused. I really, really do. So, here in our Abzan build, the question is Jarl the Forsaken, Ravenous Lindworm, and I think I just want to scoop up another Lindworm here. We were able to table a Jarl before, maybe we can table this one, but I think I want to play my second Lindworm before I play my first Jarl. Seems a little greedy, but I'm going to give it a try. Oh, Borak, I don't know. That is a little bit greedy. So here in pick four, there's a Blizzard Brawl. At the moment, we have three Snowlands, two Sculptor of Winters, a Priest of the Haunted Edge, and a Glittering Frost. Those are our only Snow Permanents. There's also a Snow-Covered Forest in this pack, too. Outside of that... Maja, Bredegard Protector, is looking pretty nice. And there's also a Goldvein pick. I would love a Goldvein pick in this deck. It's really between Blizzard Brawl and Goldvein pick. And I think, for now, I want to take the Blizzard Brawl. This might be something I regret later on, but even if it's just Prey Upon, I think I'm going to be okay with that. Pick 5, pack 3. I'm going to scoop up an Elven Bow here. Those artifact equipment that produce tokens when they ETB... Totally great, totally fine. This also gives me a little bit more comfort to not have to play the Nutfold Recluse and just play this Elven Bow instead. Just to clarify, it's been a while since we drafted this card. I think we drafted it in our first draft of Call Time. It's been a while since then. It's the equipment that gives plus one, plus two, and reach for equip three, pays one to play it, and then when it ETBs, you can pay two to make a one-one green elf warrior creature token. Yep, I'll take it. Consistent, nice, not bad at all. Hey! There's another Glittering Frost in this pack. I'm just going to scoop up the second one, and I think that's going to make our Blizzard Brawl a little bit better and definitely make our two Sculptor of Winters quite a bit better. Happy to find that. Really, really nice there. As we go into pick seven, and you know what? We're going to take another Priest of the Haunted Edge here. I think we're getting a little bit closer to it, but there's also a Raise the Draugr. This is an interesting question here. Looking at our deck, we got five Warriors. We have two Shapeshifters. Two Ravenous Lindworms. You know what? I think I'm going to take the Raise the Draugr instead. I could use a little bit more card advantage in this deck. And, you know, a Raise the Draugr does a pretty good impression of that when you're not playing blue in your green shenanigans deck. So, yeah, Raise the Draugr. Why not? I've always loved this card, and I still love it now. Yeah, Borak, I could take my Yarl now. Or I could take the Sulphur Smire. This is the Swamp Mountain Snowland. It's a tap land. I get that. I understand. But I definitely want a little bit more snow. Happy to scoop up a little bit more snow landage in our pool. Here in pick nine, we see another return upon the tide and a death knell berserker. You know, if I had a gold vein pick, I'd be very happy with this death knell berserker. Do I want to take another return upon the tide? I think the answer is a pretty clear no. And because I'm moving enough away from our 
white splash. I just have enough, but not enough to really want to play a, a second Axe Guard Braggard. I'll just take the 2-2. Two -two. Yeah, Borok, it is garbage time, and it's time to start taking some rares that we're not going to play, like this Reckless Crew. Yes, my lucky lounge rats, I am not above taking rares in a draft, and there's no picks to make for me, even though there's a Raiders Carve, to try and start to net some extra gem value. What can I say? I'm such a stinker. Here at the end of Pack 3, it looks like we're not going to pick up much else. Oh, there is a second Guardian Gladewalker we can maybe play. It's nice with the Herald. But we're going to clean up the rest of this draft here and put the deck together. Stick around, friends. Take a little break. Give yourself a little bit of a celebration. We'll be back in just a moment as we put together this Abzan Big Stuff deck. I don't even know what to call it. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, and good to see you've returned as we break down our Abzan draft deck here on Friday Night Podcast. Now, one of the central tenements of this deck as it was developing was to stay on target and really keep the focus in what our deck was trying to do. Not trying to splash outward and go into some more color shenanigans. Like, take for example that Savala that we found in pack three. A card like that goes really wonderfully in the big old multicolor whatever kind of deck. But I think I'm very happy just staying focused in our black-green base with a little bit of a white splash. So let's break down this deck here. Top end, Ravenous Lindworm, and of course that mythic bomb that we got, the Burning Rune Demon. And by the way, I am deeply, deeply sorry, all of my listeners. Because when I took that Return Upon the Tide, I did not mention the Mondo combo that goes with Burning Rune Demon. You get two cards, one goes to hand, one goes to the graveyard. You just bring back the good one with the Return Upon the Tide. How could I forget that when I drafted our good Demon Berserker friend? So sorry, I didn't mention it right away. My bad, friends. But, yes, Double Inworm, Burning Rune Demon, Return Upon the Tide, all making the main, alongside... A Carfell Kennelmaster. Now this is a card that I was really wavering back and forth from, but it does provide quite a swing on the board state. Just imagine a turn where we're attacking with, say, Saruf's Packmates and maybe a Herald King of Skemfar and a Sculptor of Winter or two that helped us get there. And suddenly we have produced quite a number of attackers that our opponents kind of have to find a way to answer. So I think that it's still good enough to break open a board stall, decided to play it. When it comes to that white splash, in the end we ended up with a Snowfield Sinkhole, an Arctic Tree Line, and our Path to the World Tree, and we had two Glittering Frosts, one didn't make in the main, just to make sure I'm not over-flooding myself in our deck proper. With all of that white splash, I decided to go with that Master Skull that we talked about extensively, and... I did play a Singleton Axe Guard Braggart, and the Axe Guard Braggart actually got the play over our second Guardian Gladewalker, the 1-1 one, one Changeling that puts a counter on a creature when an ETB is for 1 and a green. I think that the low impactness of the Guardian Gladewalker is just not quite what I want it to be for what our deck is trying to do. So I'd rather play an Axe Guard Braggart, but you might say to me, Corey, aren't you playing that Raise the Draugr that we found kind of late in pack 2? Yeah. I am. And I know that a changeling would work so well with that nice little card vantage card. However, we have quite a number of warriors, and adding an axe guard braggard to the mix just increases the warrior count and allows us a little bit of extra value. And that is quite nice with the Herald King of Skemfar too, since it does find warriors. So even though I'm taking out a Guardian Gladewalker, a nice flexible changeling, I'm adding a higher impact card that can still trigger off of our two card advantage engines in Herald and raise the Draugr. The Priest of the Haunted Edge did end up getting the play, even though we have one, two, three, four Snowlands, but we do have that Glittering Frost and a Path to the World Tree to help us make it a little bit more tangible. I might give it a try, I might cut that Priest of the Haunted Edge, but I just want a little bit more in the world of answerable removal especially when we're dealing with our opponent's evasive threats, which is why that Elven Bow is definitely getting the play. 
over the not fold recluse i think recluse is fine like i said and it is a four power attacker if our opponent's trying to do that slow multicolor stuff you can just kind of get from underneath them and hit them in the face for a few increments of four and then suddenly they have to kind of alter their game plan a little bit but instead i decided to play the elven bow being able to equip it on some of our other creatures feels pretty nice if i may say besides all that you know this is kind of the deck i think it's a pretty average big green mana deck but let's see if our deck focus of trying to stay in a streamlined color package does us well and we even have still a few outs to activate our path of the world tree in say the sulfurous mire the glittering frost and of course the world tree itself are we going to put those two cards together how is this multicolor streamlined strategy that we're trying to enact here today is it going to work let's play a game and find out A shout out to Kesha Zed, Sebastian Brom for today's Crunchy Draft Tunes. As our game is queued up and we're ready to go, our hand is Four Lands, Arctic Tree Line, Forest Swamp Swamp, Priest of the Haunted Edge, Return Upon the Tide, and Ravenous Lindworm. On the play, easy, happy keep. We'll start off on that Arctic Tree Line going into a turn two Priest, having all of our colors already cemented in. If we draw, say, our Axe Guard, Braggart, or Anything else from along the side, we're pretty happy about it. Ooh, a Snowfield Sinkhole. So now we have a second Snowland for our Priest of the Haunted Edge. And of course, the Return Upon the Tide, which we can foretell next turn to say uber, uber mana efficient. Our opponent leads on Snow-Covered Swamp and Islands. Well, they're certainly getting their Snow Equity here for sure in this game. And we draw a Masked Vandal. Pretty happy to have a little utility piece here in this game, take care of some kind of random artifact or enchantments that they might play. I don't know why I'm thinking right now of Cosmos Elixir, but I'm thinking Cosmos Elixir out of this game plan that our opponent has yielded thus far. Their turn two foretell turns into a Vengeful Reaper, which gets us for two, puts us at 18. Sadly, our two Snowlands are not quite enough of a match for their two, three Flying Haste Death Toucher. We're going to play a forest, and we're just going to have to pass the turn here. Good news is we have a Ravenous Lindworm that's queuing up. Would be nice to draw some gas. Our hand right now is Swamp, Lindworm, Masked Vandal, and the Raise the Draugr that we just drew, and a Foretold Return Upon the Tide. If we can certainly, you know, draw our six land, or maybe draw anything to interact with this Vengeful Reaper, we'd be pretty happy. Our opponent foretells a card on their turn forward. They don't play land, and we do draw a snow-covered forest. Yeah, I'm not sad about that. Let's go ahead and take care of that Vengeful Reaper, which leaves us now with that Return Upon the Tide uh, in the Fortel Zone, and next turn, we're going to be able to play our Ravenous Lindworm. Hopefully they don't have something silly like a Feed the Serpent for our Lindworm. They've gone three islands and a single swamp, so they can't actually play the Feed the Serpent. I wonder what their foretold card is, but they're going to play a Death Knell Berserker. This is the 2-2 for one to black when it dies. If its power was three or greater, you get a 2-2 Zombie Berserker creature token to leave behind. Augury Raven is going to be added to our opponent's board. That's the card they foretold, as now they're going to have a 2-2 and a 3-3 on their board. Nice little... Uh, thing that, you know, Fortell allows people to do is recover off of a slow start. We're not going to wield out our Ravenous Lindworm, go back up to 20, and we have a 6-6 six, six to their 2-2 two, two, and 3-3. Three, three. The math is definitely in our favor, their friends. And we can also pretty easily swing into tricks or whatever with having that return upon the tide in our exile zone and erase the Draugr. We can really loop this Ravenous Lindworm. Our only hope is they don't find a way to exile it with, say, a Raven form or the Feed the Serpent. The Raven form seems more likely, considering how the game is going since they've got three blue lands and a snow-covered swamp one of those blue lands of course as well being a snow-covered island Ooh, they play skemfar avenger so they're going to get a little bit of card advantage off of us here because of the uh because of the death knell berserker they have but we did draw a poison the cup this is going to chip out nicely i think so we're going to attack with our six six then they're going to block with their Death Knell Berserker, I imagine, to try and draw a card and draw into something. And then we can Poison the Cup on their Skemfar Avenger. I like that. So let's go ahead and get a crack in there. Let's see what they choose to do. They might actually do nothing. Just take the 6 damage, because they do have 8 power on the board with what they have developing here. 
If need to, we can return upon the tide our Priest of the Haunted Edge, which will allow us to kill the Augury Raven, but we do have a Poison the Cup still. I kind of prefer to use the Return and the Raise the Draugr for the Linworm, but that's maybe me being just super greedy. So yeah, they're going to just take the damage here. They go to 14. This now leaves us with that choice. We're going to play the Sulphurous Mire uh, that we drew in the previous turn, leaving us now with four Snowlands, making the Priests a pretty decent play, if I'm going to be honest with myself. I think I would be a little bit more happy to play that Priest. I don't know. This is a tricky one. It certainly is. I don't want to take too much damage, but I also do want to start pushing some of our things... What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to foretell the Poison the Cup. This is going to allow me to have a blocker. And I'm also going to run out the Mass Vandal here as a blocker to the Scumfire Avenger and the Death Knell Berserker. And we still have Raise the Draugr, Poison the Cup, and Return Upon the Tide. So we might not get our full value off the Mass Vandal. But we do get to still Poison the Cup on our opponent's turn, depending on what they want to do. They run an Arctic Tree Line out. This is definitely... I talked a lot about it just now, but that last turn, after they chose to not block the Ravenous Lindworm trying to maybe add up to a fuller picture that is the kind of turn that is going to really be the hinge point of this game but we'll see how it develops the fact that they just played an arctic tree line kind of leads me to believe that they're playing some kind of soltai snow build and now they're going to play litjara kinseekers this is the 2-4 changeling when it etbs if you control three or more creatures that share a creature type you put a counter on the kinseekers and then try one this is going to be an easy poison the cup for me now. So I'm going to destroy the Skemfar Avenger. Allow me to scry to. It also means they don't get to put a counter on their Litjara Kinseeker. And we get to uh, make sure it is a little bit smaller for our attacks. We see a forest and a glittering frost on the top of our library. We're going to put both on the bottom. And they're going to get their 2-4 and we're going to still have a 6-6 six -six on the battlefield. They're going to keep swinging with their 3-3 three -three Flying Augury Raven. And we're going to start to flood out just a little bit. We just drew our 8th land, even after we stride 2 to the bottom. Our graveyard still has Priest of the Haunted Edge. We might use our Return Upon the Tide now to play that out. Let's see what they do after we swing with our Ravenous Lindworm here. It looks like they're going to choose to chump block with their Death Knell Berserker. Nope, they're taking it back they are waffling friends they're waffling they may be even pancaking still deciding whether or not they want to spare the extra six damage here the good news is if we can just keep blocking with that vandal utilizing those blocks best we can and still get to raise the draugr somewhere in the long term we're going to be in a pretty good shape here so yeah it looks like they are going to take the six and now i have to choose whether I want to raise the Draugr to bring back our Priest of the Haunted Edge or use the Return Upon the Tide. And the answer is the Return Upon the Tide. We're not going to likely get that two Elf Warrior Creature Token Equity off of our lines of plays that we have going on here. And at least the Raise the Draugr can bring back two creatures somewhere down the line. Our opponent now with six open mana, four cards in hand, and three creatures. The Augury Raven doing some good work here. They're primed to maybe kind of turn the corner here on this game although we do have all of the board covered for the most part let's see what kind of gas our opponent can put together here they're gonna play a narfi betrayer king that's a pretty good one and they do have three snowlands now to return the narfi over and over and over again they're gonna swing with everything here with a single snow covered swamp open they can certainly do that. We'll happily block with our Priest and Mass Vandal on the 2-2 and 3-5 that they have, with us ending up taking 3 here. This is an interesting line that our opponent's taking here. Starting to tap a little bit sideways, get a little aggressive. It now leaves us with a pretty good swing with our Ravenous Lindworm. What is that single black that they're trying to line up to? I'm curious. Next turn we get to swing for 7. Ah, it's a way down. They're going to weigh down our Priest. I see. I see, I see, I see. Not too bad. That does kind of keep us from killing the Narfi and then swinging through for 7. But we can still attack with the Ravenous Lindworm on our turn. And we draw a Herald. Okay, Herald King of Scumfire is a nice draw for us there. I'm going to start by playing it out here in the main phase, see what kind of things I can maybe find. Oh, we see Axgard Braggard, Old Growth Troll, and Sculptor of Winter all there. Woof. That's some good stuff there. 
Let's go ahead and grab ourselves an old growth troll. Yeah, not sad about that. We're going to crack in now for six. They're going to probably have to block here with their Narfi. And sure enough, they do. Now, we are at 11. And we do have a raise the Draugr. But I would love to still use that raise Draugr for two cards. As opposed to playing our land out and then also playing the Priest. But I think we're probably in enough of an ahead position that we could probably make that play relatively comfortably and not continue to hemorrhage damage. But I do believe after getting that old growth troll, we can easily pass here. And we can still keep swinging with the Lindworm and now the Herald. And eventually the Raise the Draugr is going to get there. If they decide to have some kind of crazy swings here this turn two, the Raise the Draugr can bring back, say the Mass Vandal that we're going to block with, and maybe the Herald or the Priest of the Forgotten Edge, we're still going to get some good card equity here. So I think we can still comfortably take three in the air off of their Augur Raven and get plenty, plenty of stuff going on. Sadly, one thing that happened with that Herald is we did see all spells, like 100% spells off the top five cards. So we're going to probably end up drawing a few lands here in the next few turns, even though we did get nice equity off of that Herald. So they're attacking for three in the air with that Augury Raven. We're going to say, yep, we're going to have to take that. And we're going to go down to eight. But like I said, we can still keep swinging through with that Ravenous Lindworm. And get some good work out of that. It looks like they're passing through. They can still activate their Narfi here. And bring that back. Let's see what we draw. Okay, we draw a Path to the World Tree. That is not in a place where we can activate it. Our Glittering Frost is near the bottom of our library. And, yeah, it is quite a bit down, looking at my library. So, I think at the moment here, we're just going to start swinging and see what our opponent wants to do. Maybe we can line up this Raise the Draugr to do some good work. Bring back the Ravenous Lindworm. We're going to attack with the Herald, too. They want to block with their Death Nail Berserker. I think I will happily trade a Herald for their 2-2. And remove a blocker from the board. They are at 8. We're at 8. This game is a nail-biter. This is exciting, friends. This is an exciting one. Kind of as predicted, they decided to double block with the Death Nail Berserker and the Litjara Kinseekers. So, yeah, we're going to be able to get rid of one of their blockers. And it looks like we're going to get through for 6 damage, question mark? Do they have the Feed the Serpent now? Oh, that would be a tragedy. Our flying... Augury Raven that we're facing down right now is looking a little bit scary as it stands. If they do have Feed the Serpent, they can't bring back Narfi. That would be a little something. They have a Run Ashore. Hmm. That's unfortunate in more than one ways here. So the Ravenous Lindworm is not going to be in our hands. It's going to go on top. But the good news is we'll be able to play it next turn. Gain some life. Run ashore. Wow, it's been a while since I've seen that card. We didn't get too far with that whole exchange. We'll play an old growth troll here. We'll play a swamp, and I think we're just going to have to pass off of that. I definitely don't want to play my Path to the World Tree now and shuffle up my Ravenous Lindworm on top. I'd rather just have that. So we're going to play out a 4-4 Trampler past the turn. And with that Narfi, they now have a good blocker with our old growth troll there. Their 3-5 blocks our 4-4 quite efficiently. But we're, we're, we're down but not out, friends. We're down but not out. What we can do is bring back the Herald with the Raise the Draugr during our opponent's end step. And I think we can do... We'll have a number of things to do for the turn. All right, so they play a Carfell Kennelmaster. Okay. So they're going to get in for four now with the Augury Raven. Shame. And that's going to put us at four... Yeah, their, their flying creature is getting there real good right now. It's getting there real good. We're at four. We're not dead on their turn. But I think I am going to raise the Draugr now and bring back our Priest of the Haunted Edge. Do want that removal spell to take care of our Augury Raven that we're facing down right now. We do have the ability now to swing with Old Growth Troll pretty comfortably, and we're going to do that. It's going to force them probably to block... Because we're going to have 4 life gain off the Ravenous Worm that we're going to recast from the top of our library. That was bounced with the Run Ashore. More than likely, they're going to block here, is my guess. The question is, do they want to put an enchantment on one of our lands? 
Or do they... Oh, they're going to double block. Okay. They have an open arctic tree line. Man, if they do have a snakeskin veil here, it would be pretty bad. It looks like they don't, which is which is good news. Uh, we'll enchant our forest. Uh, funnily enough, it's going to give us quite a bit of mana here to play with the turn. So we are going to replay out the Ravenous Linworm happily, gain some life, go back up to 8. We'll play out our Path of the World tree. Get one of our lands into our hand here. We have no more snow lands, so we're just going to probably grab another forest here. Play out the priest, and we will pass the turn. So, if we draw a world tree, if we draw the glittering frost, we can now comfortably activate the path of the world tree. And we still have our mass vandal as a nice little bit of backup. Our opponent is getting a lot of snow lands here. Another snow land enters the battlefield with the snow-covered plains. They're going to attack with an augury raven here. If they can't kill us, the Priest is going to do some good work here in killing that Augury Raven. Boy, this is another one of those long games here on the podcast. It's exciting, isn't it? Ooh, how's this going to end? Stay tuned, listeners. Hey, look at that. Dropping the promo in the middle of the show. Feels good, man. Feels real good. What are they going to do, though? And truthfully, we are starting to run a little bit out of gas. We'll have a Troll Token off of sacking the Old Growth Troll Aura that's on one of our forests. But is that going to be enough for us to win the game? We shall see. Their Narfi is going to do a lot of good work here this game. And now that they've drawn their fourth Snowland, they're going to be in a pretty nice place. They pass by their attack step, which is good news for us. They're tapping manually here. Looks like four and keeping open their activation of Narfi from the graveyard. wonder if this is another Behold the Multiverse. It's a Hailstorm Valkyrie. All right. Well, Hailstorm Valkyrie is a scary one for sure. I really wish I would have drawn one of our ways to activate the Path of the World Tree, because then we could have destroyed the Hailstorm Valkyrie with something on the stack here. But the fact that they didn't attack with the Augury Raven kind of lets me know that the last card in their hand is probably a land. But the Narfi is a thing that we're going to have to be a little concerned about. But we do get to swing with the Ravenous Lindworm. So let's see what good old Ravenous Lindy is going to do for us here. I would happily let this Lindworm uh, destroy one of the Flyers, maybe only one of the two. Even if that means that they're going to hold back the Narfi for a turn, this is definitely one of those small little tempo things are going to add up to a lot here in this game. They're just blocking with their Lejara Kinseekers. Okay. Removing that 2-4 is not nothing. Now they've got themselves a Hailstorm Valkyrie that they can pump up to four, but we do have one, two, three, four Snowlands. Let's go ahead and see if we can kill that Hailstorm Valkyrie successfully with our Priest of the Forgotten Edge. And we get it. Great. That is good news uh, on our front. Now let's go ahead and make our Troll Token off of the old growth troll that we had there a second ago. They're going to bring back their Narfi. Mad respect, mad respect. We'll uh, play out our Mass Vandal here too. Just another creature on the board. I don't see any reason why we need it uh, not in our hand. Unless they can really roll out something crazy on the Artifact or Enchantment level here. Man, could you imagine the last card in their hand being like one of those really good equipments? That would be unfortunate. They're attacking with their Augury Raven. I would really love to find, say that, Binding the Old Gods. Cement out this evasion plan that our opponent is leveling at us. Oh, but we do find the Glittering Frost. That is magical. That is really, really good. So now we can attack with at least two of our creatures. I could attack with the Ravenous Lindworm and the Old Growth Troll, but the Narfi is just going to come back. So I'm just going to attack with the Ravenous Lindworm. And I suppose they could just block and bring it back. That's a little unfortunate. So I think we are just going to crack with everything here. Yeah, we're going to attack with everything. The fact that we can now activate the Path of the World Tree is good news for us. And if they block kind of silly here, we could sneak out a win. Nope, they just blocked the the Ravenous Lindworm with their Narfi. Good play. Good play on our opponent's part here. I guess they figured out that we in fact do have our activation of Path of the World Tree. So good on them, friends. Good on them. So we'll play out the land... We will Glittering Frost our forest. 
which gives us Path to the World Tree activation here. We're at five, they're at three. They're gonna be at one now, and I'm just gonna activate this path now before anything gets any sillier. I suppose this does leave us a little bit vulnerable to a removal spell off of the Narfi. This could be a little bit renegade. Maybe I wasn't supposed to swing at the Mass Vandal, but I'm pretty happy pushing damage here, considering that I don't think they have much going on. An Undersea Invader, the 5-6 Flasher. Okay, well, we at least still have a blocker with our bear. You know, fortune favors the bold. We took a chance here. Is that chance not going to pay off? We shall see. Off of drawing from Path of the World Tree, we drew Swamp and Forest. Unfortunately, the Flood continues just a little bit here, but they're at 1, we're at 7. They have to produce 2 blockers, or else we just get to win this game. If they have any bit of removal, we are also dead. <laughs> this is what dreams are made of, folks. This is what dreams are made of. They're manually tapping, which means something's going on here. And they play a second Narfi. Huh. Well... That leaves them now with Snow-Covered Swamp and Island up. What is the last card in their hand? What could it be? What could it be? They pass by their attack step. That's good news for us. They foretell it. And I think this is going to give us the win. Wow. We took a bold line, but I think it's going to pay off here. We're going to attack with everything. They can do their blocks as they please, but we're going to get through one damage with our Masked Vandal here and close the game out. Wow, maybe a new record for length of game here on the podcast, but it ends with a win here in the Unlucky Lounge on Friday Night Podcast. Whew. Now, friends, that was a game with a capital G. It's one of those types of contests that you just have to sit back in the end and think that was a journey. And not a don't stop believing kind of journey, just a long game. You remember this was the same game where I said that like turn five was super important? Well, turns out there were a few more pretty important turns as that game developed. Running out that mass vandal turned out to be really important. That last point of damage off of that swing? Who would have thought? And a good note when it comes to Narfi Betrayer King, we talked about it last week, but having multiples in your deck when you have that snow ability to activate and bring it back from the graveyard can end up being a liability. The legendary rule combined with the slowness of it coming into play tapped, these are just important things for us to note. But in the end, hey, I want to hear from all of you. What do you think about this game? What do you think about us getting back to basics with big green color splashing decks? Find me on Twitter on TikTok, on YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey, my Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez, and if the show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Like, share, subscribe, take a second, rate us on iTunes. It helps out with the analytics, but most importantly, thank you for listening, and thanks for joining us here. Or friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok, and this has been Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there, make some magical memories of your own. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.